0: Monday, June 5th, let's play Hurdle. Today's song is Bat Dance by Prince. Oh my goodness, this is a good song that I have not thought about in a really, really long time because it's a weird song to listen to. Man, this that's my childhood right there. 1989, I guess. I was 10. The first Batman movie. Oh, you don't understand. If you weren't alive in the 80s, you can't understand how big this movie is. This is it was just huge. It was ginormous from everyone involved, the marketing, it was everywhere. The, like, uh, merchandising was everywhere. Everyone was wearing Batman shirts, Batman stickers, the Joker shirts. I mean, it was crazy. It was everywhere. The toys, the new Batmobile was introduced. The new Batwing was, I mean, it was, this is why my generation's obsessed with Batman because of this movie. So it was Tim Burton, the director, crazy, I mean, off the charts. Visionary director. I love Tim Burton's stuff just because it is just so unique and original, and it's his own voice and his own vision, and he just sees things so differently and so artistically. I mean, he blows my mind. He's an artist, you know. When I see a guy like that, that's where I'm like, ah, that guy's that's an artist. If I'm trying to be an artist, I can't hold a candle to Tim Timmy Burton. But this movie had Michael Keaton as Batman, which. I was young at the time, but Michael Keaton was a comedic actor, and he was a comedian. He was a stand-up comic. That was a really shocking casting at the time. That's what I remember. I remember the parents being like, I can't believe Michael Keaton's going to be Bruce Wayne. Then Jack Nicholson killed it as the Joker, which you heard in that beginning. He's like so perfectly over the top in the way that only Jack Nicholson can be and still pull it off. Just maniacal laughter. And scary at the same time, in a great Tim Burton purple suit, and then uh, what's her name? Kim Basinger, who I mean, perfect Vicky Vale. I mean, good grief! 1980s, Kim Basinger. Come on, let's see. So this song, it's got a lot of music in it. So one, there's Danny Elfman, the great, fascinating Danny Elfman. Talk about another genius. It's like no wonder those two work together. They I think they just let each other do their thing, and they understand the vision, and they can just do it. Danny Elfman's off the charts talented, and we got to talk about him for one second, because he's 70 years old right now. You need to look him up. Just Google, like, Danny Elfman today. He's ripped and covered in tattoos. He does not look 70. He's in better shape than I'll ever be, 70. He's performing again, because he was uh, Ongo Boingo. Boingo, that band, punk band. Anyway, Danny Elfman does the whole soundtrack. So you have the soundtrack taken care of. Like the movie has a vibe and a thing. But again, this is like the biggest movie on the planet, biggest directors, actors, budget. And they wanted um, a musical soundtrack, like a, all new songs, songs to promote the film to, all that kind of stuff. And Tim Burton was using Prince. So in one of the rough cuts, he had used 1999 and some other song by Prince that were already being used in the rough cuts. He said the colors and the purple, everywhere with the Joker, he was just like, man, we we always wanted Prince. So the thing I read about the meeting with Prince is they bring in Prince and you would think that's another, we got Tim Burton, you got Danny Elfman, and then you got Prince. Those are three guys that really see things their own way and do their own thing. But Prince said he really picked up on the vibe that Tim Burton was under tremendous stress to make this movie and pressure for it to be good and all these things that he told Tim Burton, you tell me what you need and I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. However many songs you want, whatever you need, consider it done. Because Prince is a very, very prolific songwriter. They say the problem with Prince is he'll record an album, and by the time he sends it to the record studio to put it out, this is back in the 80s and the old days, he would already record like 20 more songs by the time it came out. And now he was tired of those old songs. And when he went on the road, he wanted to play the new songs. Like He was just always writing and doing stuff. Prince hadn't had a hit for a few years too. So this was an opportunity for Prince to be like kind of, thrown back onto the top 10 and spotlight and tour and all that kind of stuff. So he was interested as well. Tim Burton responds to him by saying, Hey man, just watch the movie and wherever you think you can make a song fit, write a song for it and then just give them to me. I totally trust you. So he did. So you got Prince writing all this music and a whole soundtrack. So you have two soundtracks to this movie, the Danny Elfman one and the Prince stuff. Um, the weirdest part about this song, as we can finally get to this song, was Prince wrote a theme um, called "Dance with the Devil," which is from the famous line that when Bruce Wayne's parents died, he ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight, which scared every ten-year-old. So it was "Dance with the Devil," and that was the theme. So it wasn't going to be used in the movie, but it was going to be like used to promote the film and probably over the credits and all that kind of stuff. Well, at the last second. Prince is the one who said, I think that song is super dark, (laughs) which Dance with the Devil sounds dark. He was like, I just don't think it's what we want. Like, this is not this crazy clowns, Tim Burton, high energy, a lot of color vibe, and the Dance with the Devil is not that song. So at the last minute, he made this thing, Bat Dance. Now, this is... Late 80s, Prince is obsessed with synth- synthesizers and drum machines. In fact, the inventor something Lin, of the Lin drum machine, L-I-N-N, said that he's never heard anyone use it better than Prince. So Prince was into samples and drum machines and synthesizers. And so he, and I, I'd still love to, I, I, I would love to hear someone break this song down piece by piece because it obviously has dialogue to the movie. It has Prince singing and Prince playing new stuff. It has clips and samples from most of the other songs that Prince made for the movie, some on the soundtrack and some that didn't make the soundtrack. It's just the weirdest thing you've ever heard. It has heavy guitars, it has funk to it and like jazzy parts. And it just, the dynamics are just like, I mean,. I know there's a lot of cocaine going on in the 80s. This screams cocaine to me because you're just like, what is happening in the song? No idea is a bad idea. Let's do it all. Let's go fast. Let's go slow. Let's go heavy. Let's go soft. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, 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 man. That sounds so good. I don't know. And it feels like it was rushed. However, it went number one. We loved it. So I can't explain it. I think it was just the package of the whole thing. The movie, the toys, the song, the t-shirts, just the whole thing. If it was Batman in 1989, we were in 100%. And we took this song all the way to number one. Gay Prince's next number one after Kiss, which is crazy. That Bat Dance was number one song. It was just a cultural phenomenon in the late 80s. Oh my gosh. Makes me want to go watch that that movie now. Because I know Michael Keaton's coming back. In the flash, right? He They brought back Michael Keaton, which he's my Batman. I mean, come on. He's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Now I got to go listen to the rest of this song because it is an absolute. It's a gong show. There's no way around it. It is nuts. But this is fantastic and really trip down memory lane that I loved. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. You can play Hurdle every day at letsplayhurdle.com. And you can watch us here live on Instagram at Let's Play Hurdle.